Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I know that many of you are accustomed to celebrating Reformation Day at the end of October. October 31st was the day that Martin Luther nailed those 95 theses to the doors of the Castle Church in Wittenberg, Germany. That started a debate about many abuses that had crept into the church. The second big event you might even be familiar with as a Lutheran is the Diet of Worms. Remember that one? That was the day when Martin Luther stood before the Emperor Charles V and leaders of the Roman Church, and he was charged with heresy. Luther was asked to recant, that is, to deny what he taught and what he wrote. But that he could not do, because he preached and taught that Christ's atoning death was sufficient for our salvation. And that he could not deny. My conscience is bound to the word of God, he cried out. I will not recant. Here I stand. I can do no other. God help me. We find so much courage from Luther's faithfulness and his courage at a time like that. So between the nailing of the 95 theses and his bold stand at the Diet of Worms, those are days we should remember, give thanks for, and draw courage from in our own day. But then there's another day which might be more important even than those. And that's June 25th today. But in the year 1530. Because that was the day when the Augsburg Confession was presented to the Emperor of the Holy Roman Empire, Charles V, urging him and the whole Church of Christ to return to God's clear word and the precious truth of the gospel itself. Interestingly enough, Martin Luther wasn't even there for this one. He had been declared an outlaw and a heretic and was banished. So now it's actually a layman, a simple layman, standing before the most powerful man in the whole world, the emperor. And he reads the Augsburg Confession out loud before the emperor, before papal authorities and before princes, and before all gathered in the great hall, and then also before a hushed crowd of hundreds listening through an open window in the courtyard outside. After the entirety of that Lutheran confession was read out loud, which took over two hours, by the way, both a German copy and a Latin copy was handed to the emperor. And another Lutheran layman stepped forward. His name was Gregory Bruck. And he spoke these words, Most gracious emperor, this is a true confession of the holy faith which will prevail even against the gates of hell. That was June 25th, 1530. So what's the significance of this day? Why should we care 
What does it mean for us as Lutherans? Well, first off, it's really critical that we all understand that the Augsburg Confession is a profoundly Catholic document. You could say the same thing about the small catechism and the Book of Concord as well. And by the word Catholic, we mean it pertains to the whole church. What we mean by that is that there was never any intention, not a thought, to start anything new or some new church. Lutheranism is not about revolution, but it's about reformation. It's not about throwing out the past, but about honoring it and retaining and preserving what's good and wonderful and salutary about the church and about worship and about preaching while simply filtering out whatever contradicts God's word found in the Bible. Therefore, that you may occasionally identify as a Protestant Christian that may be slightly misleading, because Lutherans are not Protestants as such as they are Reformers, simply wanting to call the church back to the faith of the Apostles, back to the faith of the scriptures, and to simply dispense with any false teaching and any errors which may have crept in over time in the church. Therefore, this re for this reason, it's more accurate to think of the Lutheran church as the Catholic church gone right. The Lutheran church is the Catholic church gone right. Or if you, you're getting confused politically there, you could say the Catholic Church gone correct. That is, correcting her heirs and returning to the pure doctrine of the Word of God found in the sacred scriptures. To show you what I mean here, I want you to listen closely to the closing words of the Augsburg Confession. And this may sound a little provocative to you, this is how the document is summarized and concludes. And I'm directly quoting here. This confession, this Augsburg Confession, is the sum of our doctrine in which, as can be seen, there is nothing that departs from the Scriptures or from the Church Catholic or from the Church of Rome as known from its writers. Wow. I hope you can follow what's being said there. It means that the current pope and the indulgence sellers, they were the innovators. They were the false teachers who had departed from the scriptures and church tradition. It's the Lutherans who are claiming the inheritance of the Catholic church and tradition. For example, in the Augsburg Confession, besides the article of justification by faith, the Lutherans were correcting the innovative, innovative abuse of mandated celibacy of the pastors that they can't marry. Again, this is an innovation that was a departure from the Bible. And then there's the prayers and calling upon the saints 
for help. Again, no scriptural foundation. Then in Article 22, the Augsburg Confession goes after such things as the papal practice of withholding the chalice, the Lord's blood, from Christians at the time. Again, a novelty, an innovative and unbiblical break from the church's tradition. And all of those abuses were an attack on the gospel itself. These and many other issues were the ones that Lutherans wanted to correct and to reform. When you consider these things and think seriously about what it means to be a Lutheran, the implications for you are pretty serious. What it means is that you are not a member of some sect. You don't belong to some denomination. Instead, you are the inheritors, you are the beneficiaries of the Catholic tradition and church. We're so shy about this. We don't get it. Again, the Lutheran church is the Catholic church gone right, where the gospel of Jesus Christ is purely taught and where the sacraments are rightly administered. And that incredible privilege to belong to that tradition brings with it incredible responsibilities. It means that we are confessors. It means that we are to bear witness to the gospel and the truth of God's word, even when the world is hostile to what we believe, teach, and confess. Because the truth, quite frankly, is rarely popular. And that brings us to the second important idea for today's commemoration, which gets to the heart of today's gospel reading. Jesus tells his disciples to not be afraid. He says, don't fear those who can kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Don't fear men, but fear God alone. He says, everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. You see, at Augsburg, the Lutherans, they did just that. They confessed the truth of God's word in the face of a very real threat to their lives for doing so. Third key thought this morning is that the Augsburg Confession, this is really important, was not written by pastors, but the Augsburg Confession was written by a layman. It was read to the emperor by a layman. It was the princes, it was laymen and ordinary Christians who got on their knees at Augsburg and actually asked the emperor to chop off their heads rather than deny a single word of their confession. Think about that. That should be a sobering thought for all of us. And the point is that we can't leave this stuff for clergy or for pastors or for Lutheran professors. It was laymen, it was Christians in the pews who led the charge here about God's word. 
And we should feel the same way about the Augsburg Confession. We should feel the same way about the small catechism and what you all learned in catechism class. And you should be willing to suffer all, each and every one of us, rather than fall away from it. For this reason, our Lutheran fathers and mothers in this congregation at Luther Memorial They gave us a stained glass window actually depicting the reading of the Augsburg Confession to the emperor. Some saint in heaven, while here on earth, probably sponsored that window for a good chunk of their income. And they likely wanted you and your family to have a good look at that. It's on the north side of the nave over here, and I think it's three or four windows from the back, and I want you to have a good look at it today, because they wanted us to think about this day and to reflect upon it and to find courage and strength to face our own challenges in our own day. That's the point. And I sure don't have to tell you what they all are. Everything in the Augsburg Confession, to be sure, but there's new challenges for us as well today like the distinction between a man and a woman. Like Pride Month. Like defending the unborn and confessing that every child is a gift of God and made in the image of God and deserves protection. Like confessing that there is no salvation and no forgiveness and no life apart from Christ alone. For confessions such as these, you better believe that threats to your life and livelihood are all there. They are. In today's gospel, Jesus says, what I reveal to you now, from my word and from the pulpit, you are to say publicly in the light of day, before your family, before your friends, and before the world. What you hear whispered, you are to proclaim on the housetops. And our Lord, he made no secret of the fact that our faith in him and our love for his word would put us at odds with the world. That the world and the enemy would put its crosshairs on each and every one of you. But what are we to fear? What should we be afraid of? Nothing I love the way our intro put it this morning when the psalmist prays, In God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? The fact remains that Christ, God's own Son, died and rose for our salvation. And if the sparrow does not fall to the ground without the Father's permission, how can we doubt God's fatherly care? That He will never let us slip from His fatherly hand but knows what's best for us and loves us and numbers the hairs upon our heads. And this doesn't mean that we won't occasionally suffer some injustice or be put to the test in some way. But there's limits to it all. Because in the end, all things are subject to Christ. Christ, he is king of the universe, and he is Lord over all. All things are under his feet. 
And we have this wonderful promise, too, from God's Word that God is faithful, that He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with whatever temptation it is, whatever trial you find yourself in, God will provide the way of escape. He will preserve you so that you may be able to endure all. The Lutheran reformers at Augsburg, they lived in those promises and they believed in those promises. And so should you. We should be bold and courageous. Christ is coming again. He will bring vindication. Those who have persecuted God's word and persecuted his saints will be punished. And those who have been mistreated and suffered on account of the holy name of Christ will be comforted and blessed for all eternity. So the world may rage against Christians. It's always been that way. But we are all in God's safekeeping. The confessors at Augsburg could be of good courage and of good cheer and full of confidence and hope because our Savior has already overcome the world, already overcome sin and death and conquered Satan and hell itself. So even though the world rages around us like it did at Augsburg and like it does up to this very day, we have nothing to fear, nothing to be afraid of, nothing to be shy about. We have the blessed assurance that nothing in this world, nor in the world to come, can separate us from the love of Christ. The holy angels and God the Father and the Holy Trinity are all on your side. You're with the winning team. So again, three big thoughts to hold in your head on this special day. First, the Lutheran Church is the Catholic Church gone right. Second, fidelity to God's word will inevitably bring with it hatred from the world. But because of Christ, we have nothing to be afraid of. Third, the Augsburg Confession was written by a layman, read to the emperor by a layman, and defended by common ordinary, everyday Christians. They stood boldly and confidently before the emperor and the world at Augsburg, and they were prepared to die rather than let the word of God be taken away from them. They remained faithful to God's word, and above all, the declaration that our sins are freely forgiven for Christ's sake. May God give us the same zeal. So importantly, they did not conform to the popular and prevailing errors of their time. And so may God strengthen us by his word and holy sacrament that we too would remain faithful in our own day and tell it to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that God has done. In the name of Jesus, amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.